from a leadership perspective, it is this keyword of flexibility seems to be one that's it's coming back to my mind again, is the understanding that as leaders, we need to be flexible in every sense of the word. We need to be flexible with our partners and our clients, but as importantly, with our team. Welcome to Media Sales Confidential, where we get the inside information from some of the world's most respected and innovative leaders. I'm Matt Bartles, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Scott Kelleher, a longtime tech and media executive. Let's go. So Scott, thanks so much for joining. Thank you, happy to be here. You've been a leader in media for quite some time, and you've had the good fortune of being with some of the world's most iconic brands. Walk us through some highlights of your career. I had the privilege of actually starting in media sales with Virgin Mobile. And for me, I mean, that was really exciting. I'd been in sales before, had never really intended to become a media sales guy, but that's kind of where my my career landed. And then from Virgin Mobile, I had a chance to work for AOL. It was as as the internet was truly exploding, times were, you know, mobile was becoming into its own. It was that whole series of years where it was, this is going to be the year of mobile. We learned a lot there. We learned a lot about how partners wanted us to treat them and all the good things that come with, you know, the internet in that in that era. And then from there, I went over to Yahoo, which was a very, very, very good experience for me, um, learning about scale and learning about how all the different technologies could fit together, then to Time Inc. And most recently, I've been running uh, the brand partnership team for eBay. So then what, what shifted you to go to Yahoo? Yeah, so this is a, another thing that I, I believe in firmly, which is uh, following great leaders. And mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough in my career to have some really good mentors and some people that I've had a chance to work with for long periods of time. You know, it's kind of cliche now to talk about mentorship and being a good mentor, but I will honestly say that my personal mentors have been friends and mentors of mine now since well before I was in the media business. And I still talk to them today uh, as mentors. But to answer your question specifically, I had an opportunity to work with my boss's boss when I had gone to AOL. He had been, he moved over to Yahoo and I had a chance to work with him and some other folks who I had known from me and my time at AOL at Yahoo. And that led me to, uh, to head over there. Yeah. What do you remember from the Yahoo Times? I I know that there is a huge cohort of very famous executives that ran through the AOL Yahoo tree. But there's a reason for that, though. And that will say, as as one who likes to do reflect a little bit and think about the things that I've learned at various times, there's a reason that those two companies developed such great sales talent. Like they were very focused on training and development and customer service and ensuring that their partners really felt good about every dollar that they were spending. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about in the older times of Yahoo and in the older times of AOL, it was like, okay, you know, you got to just kind of have us in a vice here. We have to spend money with right. you guys. But if we do this right as sales professionals, we can make our partners feel good about that. And that is something that's really stuck with me. Okay. If I can super serve my clients, what does that mean? You know, it doesn't just mean, can I entertain them better than the other folks can? It can be, what is the types of value that I can bring that maybe nobody else can? Or what are the insights that I can share that maybe nobody else can? And that's a lesson that I've taken with me throughout. You know, at at eBay, we talk a lot about the types of insights that we can share with our partners that are uniquely ours, right? As eBay, what are the things that are unique about our position in the marketplace and how our customers behave that we can share that will be additive. And that kind of stuff to me is, is big. Like that's what 
that's yeah. what I learned at AOL. And it's really something I've tried to stick with throughout. Yeah. And I don't think the mentorship is cliched or anything. It's obviously extremely uh, important. And all of these things you're talking about right now had to come from some form of mentorship of somebody that yeah. sometimes it's not just that formal, I am your mentor relationship. There are people that just influence your life that give you these types of foundational elements that then, you know, lead to your own leadership perspectives. So you, you're the marketing person, then you get into advertising, major milestones. Talk about a little bit about what you're thinking about right now. So you were saying that you're you're on the cutting edge right now of thinking about where things are going from a market perspective at eBay. What are some of the things that you're excited about looking forward? Yeah. So thinking about and excited about are kind of two disparate things right now, because okay. I think the, the biggest thing that is on my mind is the deprecation of the cookie and what, you know, truly opted in follow me or don't follow me type of permissions from a consumer are going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and what does that mean? And this is flips to the excited part is well, I feel like we've finally gotten to the point where as marketers, we can help our partners understand actually how people buy things and how they actually think about that. Like if you think all the way back, I'm forgetting what Wanamaker's first name was, but Mr. Wanamaker used to say, I, you know, 50% of my ad spend is wasted. I just don't know which 50%, right? right? And then you can think as we've grown and evolved and with the launch of digital media, one of the things that kind of occurred was now you can measure things, right? We can actually right. measure and we can do things like cost per acquisition campaigns and all that stuff that was was crazily cutting edge back then. But what even comes more than that is like, then it's like, okay, we start measuring everything we can, whether we should or not, who knows. But now we get to the point where with e-com, the proliferation of, of e-com, right. I mean, from a consumer perspective, right? People buy things online now with enough scale that we can measure true buyer journeys while at the same time, the people who have offline stores also now sometimes have online environments that are at big enough scale that we really get a good view of how consumers buy things. All those things are things that we can now tell regularly all the time. And right at the moment that we're able to get to that point is at the same time that now all of our cookies and all the <laughs> ways we've identified people are about to crumble. Right? So here we yeah. go. Yep. Here we go again. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, listen, that's where you can leverage some of the experiences from before, right? Before yeah, the digital so. world, right? So e-commerce is exploding like crazy. How do we, <laughs> obviously, omni-channel shopping, that's a hot topic. How do we improve the buying experience? It seems like it's moving somewhat transactional in a good way, right? You always want to say, just make it as easy as possible, right? Click to buy, boom, let's go. But let's yeah. talk about the experience of the consumer and the buyer. I did see something recently about how e-com has done incredible things for the concept of purchasing and buying. And as to your point, made it super simple. One click, I'm in, I'm out, I'm done. It shows up again two days later, but essentially killed the concept of shopping and browsing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think there used to be a social component to, I'm going to go to the mall with my friends and we're going to mosey around and browse. Sure. We're just yeah. going to look at things. 
that's gone, right? There is no more of that. You go to Google, you type in what it is that you're looking to shop for and boink, all these things come up complete with prices. And it's basically exactly what you're looking for in, you know, 17 different colors. Yep. And you just choose the one that, that best meets your needs. And I do think what you were saying about how consumers behave now is going to be the next interesting little value proposition, right? If you look at how e-commerce has proliferated, there's the concept of, I want it right now. I want it so right now that I'm going to click this button. I'm going to get in my car and drive over to the store. You're going to put it in and I'm going to come right home again. I want it right now. And then there's a new, or I would say other value proposition, which is, listen, I'm willing to pay a little bit less for it. And by doing that, I'm willing to also have it come a little bit later from now. Sure. And I think that's going to start to, to build some really new ecosystems. I think it's going to allow for a lot of new ways for people to think about how they, you know, what they value and the things that they're buying, what the stuff that I want right now, how important is that to me and otherwise. And then as we think about how we sell things to your point about making things fast and make them easy, yep. you know, reevaluating how you can drive incremental value to any partner you're working with, yep. I think is going to be one of the next crucially important pieces, right? How are, what are those things that you're thinking? Well, so, so it's back to the B2B side, right? It's yeah. what are the insights that I can share that nobody else can, or when I can, I'll tell a little side fun story. Like this is one of my favorite uh, stories. There was a gentleman who used to work at Sprint and was the CMO for a whole bunch of years there. And at one point I had some research that talked about how people bought cell phones and cell phone plans. Like talked about yep. the sequence of events, which decisions they make first. And it just so happens that it coincided with a launch of another study from Google, which said something very, very different. Oh, and competing his points. response was, yeah, it was great. But his yeah. response was the best. It was, okay, be in my office as quickly as you possibly can, because we need to understand why it's different. Like yeah. he wanted to get right to it. Not that you're wrong, they're wrong, neither of that. It was like, why, how could this possibly be that you guys are showing such divergently different consumer paths? And that to me was the value. It wasn't the research. You can get the research from a million other places. Right. It was the, you need to help me figure out why this is so different. And that was exciting. And I think those are the next types of scenarios. Like how do you provide, you know, you got to have a viewpoint. You have to have an understanding of what it is. So you're not just as a selling partner. You're not just going in and regurgitating the facts, right? right? You understand what they mean. And when they tell different stories, maybe why, like, why is this happening this way? And how do you get around this and making sure that you understand your partner's businesses well enough right. to know like, Hey, this seems like it's going to be innocuous, but I think it's going to be important to you down the line. So there's tons of data out there. You know how to deal with data. You deal with tons of data, right? Yeah. There's it's everywhere. And how do you turn data and insights? So to me, this is about training, but not necessarily training about how to work with the insights and in the, the research itself. It's about how do you teach someone to be confident in their ideas? Sure. Not necessarily like if you've done as a sales leader and as a revenue leader, one of the things that I hope you know, you feel confident in is the ability to hire good people mm -hmm. and the ability to bring and surround yourself with smart, talented people. So to me, what has to happen is you have to train them in the confidence in their ideas and that they, you do know your conduct, your clients well enough, and you do know your own products well enough so that your opinion is going to matter. And if you are able to successfully do that and you're able to successfully train them on how to present themselves well and how to bring their ideas forward, then 
you'll realize that more people understand that stuff because they're taking the time to do it. Yeah. I I love that. And that, that confidence, you can tell when someone's confident, when they're not, the other thing to think about is you're talking to another human being, right? There's, that's right. They are just regular human beings. just like you looking for ideas, right? Looking for insights, looking for that data, looking to put it together. You say you can tell when someone is confident and you can immediately. And even when they confidently are telling you that they have no idea why a certain thing occurred, like, sure. listen, I have no idea why this, these numbers dictated to us that the following thing should have happened, but it didn't. And we have no idea why. And I'm really excited about that because now we're going to try and figure it out and see what occurred that we didn't expect. And you're right. You can sense immediately when someone is confident, even when they have no idea yeah. in what occurred, right? You can be confidently wrong too. So the growth of advertising is coming back. E-commerce is booming. How do you think about capitalizing on the economic environment right now, making sure that you're putting yourself in a position to get your fair share and more because things are going kind of crazy? I think that companies now and partners now are going to need to learn new levels of flexibility. And I'm talking both as a media company like eBay is Mm -hmm. uh, and as an advertiser who's looking to buy stuff. You're going to need to be nimble. You're going to need to be flexible. You're going to need to be able to to have an idea, try it out, the old test and learn, but actually do the test. Like don't stop just because something didn't do what you wanted it to do in the first 24 hours. Optimize, try again. Stop, optimize, try again. And from our perspective at eBay, you know, we have been fortunate because we are an e-commerce platform to see how consumer behavior has changed and to be on the edge, the front, the yep. front side edge of that, right? Like we watched internally as everybody first locked down and immediately they started buying personal uh, hygiene gear. Okay, great. We got, after that phase, it was, well, time to outfit my home office. Great. After that, it was, what are the new forms of homebound entertainment that we're looking for? Yep. And then into some of the more fun ones, like, you know, the number of people who decided to work on their own cars and improve their cars. Yeah. Was astronomical. So we've been in a good position for that. And for us, it's to say, okay, how can we make sure that we continue to get those insights to our partners as quickly as we can as the world starts to reopen? And I don't like using that that word because I think a lot of what we've just gone through is going to be with us for a while from a consumer behavior perspective, the way people shop, the expectations that they have of their e-commerce and omni-channel purchasing experiences, but also the media companies that they work with, right? If you think about the ways that things like streaming platforms have changed media content consumption, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The folks over at HBO, right? And Disney putting movies out on their platforms the day that they go into the theaters. Like these are behaviors that are going to stay with us for a while. So that's a long way of saying, you got to think about what's changed, what you think is going to stick within these new behaviors. And then how can partners like, you know, people like eBay, how can we help you with these trends, understand who's moving where, show what, and you know, differing things that we've been starting to see and, yeah. and how people have been behaving. That's going to be, to me, fun. Yeah. Translating that into forward thinking, strategic industry information. What have you learned from a sales leadership perspective? What are some of the challenges that you had to go through? And what have you, what are you taking away with you from uh, the learnings of working through the pandemic? Great question. From a leadership perspective, it is this keyword of flexibility seems to be one that's it's coming back to my mind again, is, is the understanding that as leaders, we need to be flexible. 
not in, in every sense of the word. We need to be flexible with our partners and our clients, but as importantly, with our team. Sure. And for me personally, it, it made me realize that a lot of people go through differing situations and have different types of, of work and home balance and arrangements and all that kind of stuff. And you need to learn flexibility. Yep. You need to learn a complete, and it's back to the hiring thing when you hire great people, right? You hire them because you trust them and that that trust needs to continue. You need to trust them that they're going to do what they need to do. And then they can also get their lives done on the, on the side, you know? So that's the, that was a big one for me. It's just a, a constant drumbeat reminder that people have got lots of stuff going on and they still are getting their worlds done, but you've got to be aware and you've got to be flexible and you've got to provide enough opportunities for them to do different things, to do things differently, to retake different things and be good with that and truly be good with that. You know, it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, no problem. You do what you got to do. That's words. They come right out. Right. But actually to mean it and back it up, back it up with the actions where you never ask again, right? Like do what you got to do Yep. and never ask again. Right. That's the, that's the big part for me is definitely impacted me a lot. We saw it across our team and I think that's going to be a big, a big theme as a leader going forward. Yeah. So as you, as you work through, as you are, I'm sure, a mentor to many folks, what would you tell a young and aspiring revenue leader? Listen, a lot. Listen, ask questions. Don't be afraid of the, of the question asking. Like I look back on some of the folks that I had a, the privilege of working close to. And to your point, those old AOL and Yahoo teams, like those were really tremendous revenue leaders yeah. that have come through both of those organizations. And I would have told myself to ask more questions. You know, why did we do that? Not just, oh, we're doing that. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Okay, fine. But why did why? we do it? Like, yeah, get, get deeper into understanding as to why some of those decisions would have were made. Because that's a big thing is I think most people underestimate how willing their revenue leaders would be to share that information because it's all they recognize. And this is something that I recognize now. And I really wish that I had recognized earlier, which is when we're launching a new product or we're doing something different, or we're making an organizational change, frequently understanding why will make whatever that product is about or whatever the feature that we're doing is much more robust or mm -hmm. much more available for our sales teams to sell to clients. If it's just a thing, like here's the product, here's the new product, here's how it works. This is the training on it. Boom, 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 go get them. Okay, fine. You're going to have some success to that front. But if they understand why, sure. where it fits into the overall strategy, how it fits into the differing other initiatives that are going on and they get the why, then they can go to their clients and say, listen, this fits into our overarching strategy. It's going to be a long-term investment for us and for you. And you're going to wind up with a lot more uh, buy-in from both salespeople and clients. And I really wish that I had done that when I was younger. Yeah, there you go. Ask the why, listen, be yeah. confident. <laughs> Very yeah. strong words of wisdom. Scott, okay, let's shift gears. Yep. Talk to me about the significance of E-A-D-G. So I used to be a musician. E-A and D and G are the four strings of a bass guitar. That is my uh, my previous instrument. I'm kind of laughing at that right now because I think I know where you're going with this, uh, which is great. And, you know, today that's actually my, my favorite t-shirt is EADG because my kids got it for me. It's got a little ACDC logo on it. And it's yeah. All good. So yeah, that's what, that's EADG as far as I'm concerned. Very cool. Very cool. So what'd you learn in your life on the road? My personal career has had a couple different phases and 
each one, you know, now because this is 2021 and we've written books about everything, now they call this imposter syndrome. But at the time, for me, every time I started one of those other, the next phases, it was always like, oh my God, am I actually going to be able to do this? Yeah. Like, I don't really know what I'm talking about here. And what was amazing to, to the things we've been talking about before was when you are confident a little bit in yourself, you are willing to ask those questions and you've got those good mentors who you trust and you can talk to things about. It's amazing what you're actually able to accomplish. Well, and I'm guessing you also had to learn something from it as well, right? I've been fortunate enough. I've played music for a lot of years, right? So you're smiling at me as we're saying this, because you know, this is a big part of who I am. And I have moments in those times when you remember, and I have a friend who I played in bands with for years and he wasn't, you know, we played together, we didn't play together, we played together, didn't play together. And he came and saw a band I was playing with at one point. And he was like, man, I just saw you guys like three months ago, but something happened. Like I see you even just walk onto the stage and I know that you guys are going to be great before you've even done anything. And that was, he, it stuck with me when he told me that. And candidly to your point, it's like now as a revenue leader, you have to have that poise and you have to be able to engage an audience and you have to be able to tell a story. And basically that's what, you know, that's what playing music is all about, right? Is tapping in and and telling that story. I mean, that's, it definitely comes through. And to have a good show, I imagine you have to be incredibly prepared, Uh, right? Learn your routine. Everybody's on the same page. It's gotta be a focus on the, on the moment too, right? Like, so this is going to be a little bit cliche, but you can decide if we want to edit this part out or not. But the idea is you work your whole day to get closer to what time you're going to be performing, right? So that you are at your personal peak at that time in the day. Yeah. And the same thing is true with your presentations and with meetings and other stuff, right? If there's big meetings coming up, you know, you want to figure out how you can make sure that you're awake and you're ready and you're good to go right. and you focus your efforts on that time. And yeah, those are, those are funny little side lessons, but yeah, they do. That's they do important. work themselves through and are, I think are important. No, I think it's, I think that's very important. Thinking about backing into what am I doing? I need to be prepared at that time when that meeting's happening with that executive, what am I going to do beforehand to make sure that everything is going to go as planned? Yep. And, and in this, you know, in our culture today, like we are as people involved in, in revenue generation, you tend to travel a lot to go see clients and see partners. And so your schedules are all off and you take a crazy early flight and all this kind of stuff. How can you help yourself? you know, be as prepared as possible. Make sure you've done all the prep. Make sure you've done the practice. Like, have you presented to yourself? Have you done, like, these things are well-written about, well-known, but there's a reason for that, right? They work. If you do, if you put in the time, you put in the effort, and yeah, you practice. Like, it's really silly. If you're going to go make a presentation, you feel really foolish the first time you present to yourself in the mirror, but God, is it helpful. Yeah, and guess what? Once you've done it, then you know you can do it. And when you step into that room, it's go time. Right. Just like as soon as the lights go on on the stage, let's go. Yep. That's why we're here. Right. You do all that work to get to that moment. Right. Right. Well, Scott, what we like to do at the end of the show is to talk about your leadership mantra. I know we've had a lot of that. So the idea would be that if you have brought great talent, surrounded yourself by great talent and get out of the way and let them achieve great things like that to me is what, what I really try and focus on. I want to make sure that the people that I am fortunate enough to get to work with are able to do even more than I ever could. And that's, uh, that's something that's served me well. That mentor that I talked about earlier, he's yeah. the one he used to say to me early on, he's like, I've done a great job when you guys don't need me here anymore. Yeah. And that's stuck with me for all of these years. And I, I do truly believe it. Yeah. That's words to live by. Scott, it was great to have you today. Thanks so much for joining us. And that's the scoop. I'm Matt Bartles. 
Thank you for listening to Media Sales Confidential. If you're looking for a deeper dive into these hot topics, be sure to participate in Alexander Group's new Media Sales Industry Trends Research. It has the latest insights and best practices to maximize your opportunities for growth.